What round should you be drafting Arian Foster? What is the going rate for Gronk in FFPC Dynasty Leagues? And what Seattle running back should you be investing in this season? Plus, 2015 FFPC Dynasty 500 number 22 champions Matt Hoover and Nick Rosette drop by to chat about how the fantasy values of the Eagles change when Carson Wentz takes over, how they're handling their 750 number 25 startup in the FFPC, and much more. We've got a great show for you. Dave Gerzak is here. I'm Eric Balkman. Stick around. Your high-stakes fantasy football hour starts now. Broadcast live and heard around the world, you are now listening to the most entertaining hour of radio on the planet. It's the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com with your hosts, Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. The High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour is your home for football analysis from the best fantasy players in the world. And now, because no one else was available, here are Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak. Thanks a lot, Rob. Greetings and salutations to all the Balkaholics and Gerzak fanatics. Tuning in, the chat room tonight, listening around the world, downloading later. Awesome of you guys to spend some of your time with us. We appreciate it. Welcome. To the latest episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com. I'm your slightly above average host, Eric Balkman, and my co-host is the patron saint of fantasy football, Dave Dizzle Gerzak. Coming up on tonight's show, we'll chat about the Adam Gase effect on Ryan Tannehill. Uh, what, uh, excuse me, we all want to talk about that. This is one thing I did not update. I totally missed it. Coming up on the show tonight, Dave. We're not going to talk about that? Will, do you want to talk about Adam Gase and Ryan Tannehill? We will be talking about Adam Gase. It'll be good. How about that? There you go. Next. There is one thing I want to, well, we'll get to it in a little bit. Uh, All right. And then we're going to talk to uh, the 500 number 22 champions in the FFPC Dynasty League last year, Nick Rosette and uh, Matt Hoover, talk about their uh, championship teams. Um, they own another team, Maiden Draft, that's going on right now, the 750 number 25 and then Matt actually also owns a, another FFPC Dynasty team uh, with another co-owner. So a lot of good Dynasty knowledge on the show tonight. If, uh, if, you cra- if you're craving Dynasty, this will be the episode for you. Shout out to the chat room right now. You can follow us on Twitter at HSFFR, at Eric Balkman, at David Gerzak, uh, Facebook.com slash the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, and 347-426-3682. That's 347-GAME-OVER. High Stakes Fantasy Football at gmail.com is our email address. Our producer, mutual friend Rob, and audio engineer Bryce will be getting those questions to us later on in the fantasy feedback segment of the show. Balky. Yes. Why are we doing the show on a Thursday? Yeah, we're doing the show on a Thursday because uh, I have my annual uh, poker tournament from, with all my jackass friends from high school uh, coming over to my house. The one we, I never get invited to. We, you were invited to it on the show last week. Oh, yeah? Yes, and you deflected the invitation, so I knew where you stood on that. Uh, so that's going on tomorrow, so we're doing the show tonight. Well, you're more than welcome to, man. All right. Um, anyway, so that is what's going on tomorrow, so there'll be no show tomorrow. We're doing the show tonight. One other thing I want to bring up at the top of the show, a good friend of the show, a good friend of ours, the real Leroy, yeah. Leroy Corson, 
uh, actually had his uh, sister pass along uh, this week. So yeah, she had a long illness. She's a long illness, uh, and uh, thoughts and prayers go out to Leroy's family. We uh, certainly are here for him, and uh, you know, we love the real Leroy. We love we the love, real Leroy. And his, and his brother Dave too. We don't love him as much, but yeah. he's a nice guy. The real Dave. <laughs> we love him as well. Uh, so yeah, uh, we're here for you, buddy. Anyway, moving on. Football. Actually, guy. we're not because I would be out watching the NBA game right, with the real true. Leroy. Were it not for your stupid poker tournament. Yeah. Tonight. My apologies to the real Leroy. Uh, there. In more ways. Finally, than thank you. Totally my fault. Great. Football guys players championship kicks off on Sunday, Dave. I know it's crazy. You know what? This is all Alex's fault. I know I was kind of mentioning. What do you mean? Alex wanted to start it earlier. Well, yeah. That, I mean, I'm there's like, nothing right, wrong so, with starting earlier. I'm like, oh, do you want to start it like on the 28th or the you know 21st? Oh, and then he said it. What did he say? June, I, June 5th. Oh, I, do you want me to say I, I can't do it. Oh, work. what about, uh, I was thinking actually we could start it on, on, on June 5th. <laughs> I, I, I think that'd be a more, um, um, uh, what, what do you call, um, appropriate, appropriate, <laughs> uh, time to, to start the, 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 F, the FPC, uh, this said, year. And I said, you've got to be blanking me. <laughs> And, he's, and then he, you know, gave me like three reasons. And I'm like, whatever. And I just, I'm just started scheduling. Pre preseason. And what do you know? We, we already filled two. Actually. Yeah. Pre so preseason. He's right. Preseason waiver wire too. So if you're nervous about drafting early, you will have a chance to remedy any injuries or mistakes that you make in the draft well before the season starts. Uh, so you check that out at myffpc.com. Two hundred fifty thousand dollar grand prize paying out to what? Six hundred place? Eight hundred place? I don't know. I don't know. Somewhere between check there. The rule. $1.8 million prize pool, largest mint stakes uh, tournament in fantasy history. We certainly uh, hope you can play it. Thanks to Football Guys and our good friend Rob for tonight's rundown, which I thought I had in front of me and I don't. You, Does, should, you should have like an audio clip. I think you brought that up before. We'll look into that. Rob, let's see if we can get some production for that. Now, Bryce will mix it. Rob's got to find it. ESPNDallas.com's Todd Archer says that Des Bryant did some work in pre-practice activities, uh, and then he went to rehab on Wednesday um, for his uh, foot injury that he had last year. Cowboys continue to be very, very careful with uh, Des Bryant. If he's healthy this year, Dave, he's going to put up numbers, but are you at all nervous about drafting Des in the late first, early second, given his foot injury and the fragility of his quarterback, Tony Romo? A little bit. I'm a little bit nervous about it. I don't think I could blow a early second round pick on Des Bryant. I don't think I'm going to have him on many of my teams this year. I, you know, I'll have to see how things are going with him, but I'm open to the idea of it. It's, like I said before, it really bothers me how they use this guy. Just stick him way out there by, you know, by the by the numbers, you know, like the 20 yard line. Just put him way out there, and then you don't hardly throw it to him. That's I offered Des. Well, I mean, didn't I offered Des to you for Keenan Allen. And yeah, we didn't. We didn't talk about that at all. Um, yeah, in the Blake you Harrington, in the play, which by the way, Blake Harrington, I totally forgot. But the rookie draft starts on Saturday. Yes, now you're final, on. You're on the clock. Now that the final two owners have paid off. Well, it wasn't. It's not they were dodging me. They both said they didn't get any emails. Okay. Now, unless they orchestrated that story together. That's what I say that to the collection agencies all the time. Well, there you go. Um, but yeah, in the Blake Harrington Dynasty League, Dave offered me it was a straight up deal, Des Bryant for my Keenan Allen, and I actually hemmed and hawed about it for I don't know, thirty six hours or so, and I went back and forth. But actually, it was our good friend Ryan Howell. I did not say which side was mine. I did not even say I was involved in the trade. I said, Who would you rather have in Dynasty? 
in this deal does. And you said for him, it was Keenan Allen and it wasn't close. And so then that eventually pushed me over. To, but, the, but the DLF, Dynasty League Football, has does quite a bit higher. I, it was tough for me to find a site that had Keenan Allen higher than Des Bryant. And I, you know, I made the offer, and then you know, a couple of days later in the office, you were like, oh, I'm still thinking about that Des Bryant-Keenan Allen trade. I'm like, oh, I forgot. I, I forgot, yeah, yeah. But then, so then, you declined. I, then I forgot again, and then you declined. Just the, I mean, the fact that Keenan Allen was on such a historic pace last year before he went down, it was a freak. It was a spleen-type thing. or yeah, what, he gets hurt a lot, though. You know, that's true. Um, but he is four and a half years younger than Des, too, which yeah. I, I ended up taking. So Anyway, back uh, to the regular stuff. Adam Schefter from ESPN.com says Aaron Foster may wait to work out for teams uh, until late July, so very late in the uh, in the summer. Uh, Foster would probably be able to pass his physical uh, at that point, and uh, June minicamps are actually going to be done uh, shortly, and then obviously teams will look to improve their roster. Foster could get some extra time there. What are you doing with Arian Foster if you're drafting? Right, like if you're drafting in the FPC on Sunday, are you taking Arian Foster in a single-digit round? Yeah, I would look at him in the late later rounds, like late eighth, ninth. Uh, that's exactly what I was thinking, eighth or ninth round, um, because at that point, the running backs that you're going to get there are have warts all over them. Yeah, you well, know? Foster's got plenty of his own. If you, he's probably at the Louvre in Paris right now, touring around doing whatever. Flaky oh, I bet he's, he I bet he's teaching. He's probably teaching there. <laughs> I wouldn't doubt it. Uh, anyway, um, he's a flake. He's not a flake. He's just flighty. Um, so you, Ricky Williams is a flake. Yeah, that's true. So um, Arian Foster in the eighth, ninth round probably carries much more upside than most of the running backs that you could get there. And if you load it up on receivers and tight ends, maybe get a quarterback in the first seven rounds, um, you only have two running backs, maybe one running back. Foster could be a good meal ticket uh, or a lottery ticket, meal ticket, a good lottery ticket pick. It's kind of a meal ticket. Kind of a, well, it might be a skimpy meal. Um <laughs> To win the FPC, I mean that 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 could end up being you know paying off dividends. Now the you still have to bear in mind this guy has always been having injury issues throughout his career. He's what thirty years old now, or he's going to be thirty? Yeah, I think so. And it, but that, you know it's fine at that point. It's fine. No, it's fine. Jalen Strong is in better shape according to the uh, Houston Chronicles. Aaron Wilson, Dave Strong is actually uh, weighing in at one hundred and ninety-seven pounds. He was up to 230 in his, in his rookie year last year. So That's he's down a lot of weight. 33 pounds. Observers say that he looks like a different player. Uh, he might have uh, – he was arrested in the offseason. He uh, may have just lost the dynasty shine off of him. Is he the type of guy that you'd be looking at acquiring for cheap in dynasty leagues right now? Man, that's tough because, you know, you, they drafted Will Fuller in the first round, traded up to get Will Fuller, who granted is a speedster type guy. But then you have Braxton Miller, who they, they drafted in the third round. So now it's, I don't, I don't, man, I don't think so. I mean, even, even though he's got to be super cheap at this point, I don't know. I guess I'm, I, I'm thinking that, you know, where is he going to fit? Where is he going to fit in the mix? I mean, is Will Fuller going to be the slot guy? Because Hopkins is going to command a ton of targets. Fuller is probably going to start on the other side and be the Deshaun Jackson type mm-hmm. player. Maybe he's better than that, maybe not, but I don't see where Jalen Strong ends up starting or making a difference. I mean, he, if, if he's really good, maybe he goes somewhere else in three years or two years, but I don't know. Obviously, Hopkins will be starting on the outside. Football Guys, uh, in their uh, daily email today, which is free, you can sign up for that at footballguys.com, uh, they uh, suggested that Will Fuller will be the uh, deep target. Cecil Shorts will be the slot guy. So it'll sort of be like Fuller and Strong competing for that second spot. I don't think they're expecting anything from Braxton Miller this year. Probably not because he's such so new. He's yeah. any, just raw. I mean, just a raw receiver. So uh, I am uh, 
I am very. Uh, I mean, I look at. I mean, I pay a future fourth for. I mean, that's no big deal. That's like. Yeah, where, where, where did he where did he go in dynasty drafts last year? Was he a late first and early second? I, I, I think I it was right remember. around. I didn't draft him anywhere. So I didn't either, but I think he was like an early second. That uh, was a second, yeah. Um, and he's kind of a roster clogger then. You have him sitting around in your roster, and then you're like, ah, eh, he sucks. Yeah. So you don't think he's going to cut it up in Houston if he becomes a successful NFL player to probably be on another team. I mean, you'd have to think so, unless Will Fuller completely busts and Strong is really I mean, Strong is really that good. He'll I'll play Fuller and he'll get the job. I mean, you don't draft a guy with the 21st overall pick and just have him sit there. And you, that, that's and what you, and you, where, where, where was Jalen Strong in the NFL draft last year? Was he a third rounder? I think he I was thought third. He was a third. I can look this up. While we're you look, you look it up. Um, the problem with trading for a first round rookie pick the previous year is if you're trying to get him on the cheap is usually the um, you're not going to be able to get him from the owner because the owner is going to think like, Oh, look, I paid a first round pick for this guy. I'm not giving him up cheap. You know, I'm going to, I'm going to let him marinate on my roster for a little bit. You don't have to worry about that with strong. He was a second round pick. So it might take less to acquire him. So he went 70th overall. So he was an early third round pick, but oddly enough, they traded up to get him as well. Wow. So they traded up to get fuller and they traded up to get strong. Yeah. I mean, but you know, so they trade up to get Hopkins. I don't know. They might have traded down to get Hopkins. Wasn't he like the 29th or 30th pick? Yeah, he was away first. But, but <laughs> Strong was, you know, he's out of shape as evidenced by the article. And then, you know, he gets in that offseason arrest. So I'm sure the coaches are like, screw him, you know. Yeah. Brian's like, whatever, I'm not going to put up with this. And now if he's turned it around, you know, who knows? Uh, the next story is not, I don't know how much of news this is, but I, I was looking over the I Got Five on the boards and I realized you and I have not made a wager on this guy yet. And I, I think we should. All right, let's roll. So according to the uh, Chicago Sun-Times, Adam L. Johns, Kevin White's actually been re- uh, building a good rapport with quarterback Jay Cutler during OTAs. Uh, White says that he's felt 100% for months. Uh, his current uh, ADP in the FFPC is in the seventh round. Uh, and... Uh, the, according to football guys, he's the 35th receiver off the board. I can't verify that with, with what we have. Um, but I would imagine it's pretty similar to that. Sure. Okay. So <laughs> I've been talking about Kevin White, how much, not necessarily that I love him coming into this season so much, but it seemed like all the dynasty guys we talked to starting in January on talked about, you know, well, who's a player that you think is going to break out? Who's a player you're trying to acquire right now? Mm-hmm. And like three or four of them said, oh, Kevin White, Kevin White, Kevin White. Yeah. So I've become more of a fan of his, and I'm not really reading anything that would be um, causing me to um, be less enthusiastic about him. I am reading stuff that's causing me to be less enthusiastic about Alshon Jeffrey, though. Yeah. Um, so Like what? You know he's he's staying away from the team. They're they're talking. Why is he of, doing that? They're, they're, I don't know because he signed his um, the franchise. He signed his franchise tag. Oh, so he's just posturing for a contract. That could be, and it sounds like they're not even going to be doing a long term deal with him this year. And normally, if you franchise a guy, especially a, a an alpha receiver like Alshon Jeffrey, you at least work on trying to get mm-hmm. the long term deal done. Maybe they want to see if he'll stay healthy for a full season. Maybe. I mean I don't I don't know. All I know is I, I if I owned Alshon Jeffrey in Dynasty right now, I wouldn't feel all warm and fuzzy about it. Okay. <laughs> so Kevin White, getting back to the yes. point. Let's bet. I, I think bet, 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 bet. Okay, let I'm not gonna I'm not gonna say anything. Corey Coleman. I'll take Corey Oh, Coleman. you were gonna okay. How about that? Um I don't I'll take Corey Coleman. So it's just, okay, I was going to say, like, Kevin White is a top 25 receiver or no, not. I don't like that. Okay, so 
most FFPC points this season. Yeah. Uh, I'll have, take the rookie with the sucky quarterback. Bucky. Right. That's a, that's a good deal for you. You're right. I, I agree. I, I'll take uh, Kevin White. You have five on it. And I have five on it. I got five on uh, more easy money. I'm going to win so much money this year. You know, I, I, I was more nervous about the top 25 thing than I am about this. I actually feel more confident about this yeah. versus Corey Coleman. Although Corey I, like, Coleman, I, like, I like Coleman this year, too. He's going to get peppered with targets, Bulky. I need a pen, by the way. you have a pen over there? I, what happens to the pen I give you every week? I give it back to you. No, you don't. Oh. Like, I'm running out of pens. All right. Tell you what. Bring the guests on. I'll go get a pen. All right. Let's actually let, – here's what we'll do. We'll take a short break. Right. We'll, we'll look for pens. All right, great. And uh, we'll be right back. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Our guests are coming up next. Former uh, FFPC Dynasty champions, uh, Nick Brissett and Matt Hoover, right after this. Welcome back to the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. My name is Eric Balkman. He is Dave Gerzak, and it is time to bring in tonight's guests. Nick Brissett started young in fantasy football, owning his first dynasty team in 1996 at the tender age of 12 years old Uh, he mailed in his roster each week he commissioned his own redraft yahoo league since 2002 uh, which was followed by a 16 team idp dynasty league in 2012 with matt hoover as a member in both after seeing constant success over the years as rivals they teamed up and entered into the high stakes world just last year co-owning the team the kingpins they went on to win the FFPC 500 Dynasty number 22 league with a 12-1 and record and reinvested the winnings into additional FFPC Dynasty teams this year. Please welcome into the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour, Nick Rossette and Matt Hoover. Gentlemen, thanks for joining us. No problem at all. Thanks for having us. We're uh, very excited to be hanging out with you on a Thursday. Normally, uh, you know, we, uh, we struggle for guests and struggle for listeners on Thursdays, so the fact that you guys are coming on, you're... Eight aces in our book. What? What, Dave? That's kind of a downer. You no, it's not a downer. Okay, well, let's be... You're po- on the special Thursday show. Yeah, they this are, is so great. Yes, it, it is. It is fantastic. We're very excited. Blah, blah, blah. Let's, <laughs> let's stop talking and hear more about these guys. Why don't you guys tell us what you're doing for, for a living when you're not playing fantasy football? Nick, I'm going to let you go ahead uh, first on this one, and then Matt, go ahead and chime in after Nick. Sure thing. I, uh, I work in business development, so I work in a combination of sales, marketing, product development. I uh, work for a company called ComputerShare, where I head up one of their technologies for the Americas. And then husband, father, diehard Minnesota Vikings fan. Vikings, all right. I'm uh, actually in retail, nothing uh, fancy. Work for Walmart, Giants fan. Vikings fan and a Giants fan. Along with Dave, who's a diehard Browns fan. <laughs> I'm just kidding. Just now they've gone metrics. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Uh, no, that's very cool. Awesome that uh, we always uh, we always like getting a, a wealth of, um, of backgrounds on the show uh, for guests. And, and uh, you know, I worked retail for many, many years. And in some regard, I still do. Some In some regard, Dave still does. Uh, so it, that's uh, kindred spirits coming on the air tonight. Yeah, we all have to deal with consumers. Me, you, and Matt, yeah. <laughs> And, 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 and Nick markets to them, yeah, exactly. essentially. Hey, so congrats on the title in the 500 number 22 uh, league last season, Nick. Uh, you guys obviously have a dominant team, but one of the lesser heralded guys in your roster is Tavon Austin. He was selected at the 402 in this year's – you got Tavon Austin at the 402 in the, the rookie? The 402 in the rookie wow, grade. Yeah. crazy. <laughs> Jeff Fisher just went crazy thinking that he said that Austin could catch 100 balls this year, apparently on 200 passes that they're going to throw. 
I'm um, just kidding. You know, there might need to be more of a high-volume offense. What are you guys doing with that Tavon Austin pick? By the way, that's a great, great selection. Are you trying to shop him around the league now, or um, after that news, are you going to see uh, see what he looks like during the season? Well, you know, everyone, everyone's always up for grabs, so we're always willing to listen to trade offers and everything like that. But, I mean, we were shocked as hell to see him sitting there at 402. We were literally just scrolling through who's available, and when we saw his name pop up, we couldn't believe it. Um, he's a guy I was actually pretty high on coming into this year before even this uh, Jeff Fisher comment. Basically, I just saw him as, I mean, to be honest, I'm not a huge fan of those offensive weapon-type players, the guys that are running the ball, catching the ball, like pure position players. But he's unique in the fact that he's the number one receiver in L.A. So anytime you can get a number one receiver on the roster, it's always a big piece. Then you look at the fact that he's one of those guys they manufacture plays for. They're trying to get him the ball as often as possible. When you have a rookie come, uh, quarterback coming in, you're going to see a lot of those safe, high percentage completion pers- uh, type passes, making sure you're getting the completions in there, getting their confidence up. So you pair that with the guy that you're manufacturing plays for, I see this guy's on for Austin this year. You have Gurley in the backfield drawing in the defense, giving him a little room over top. Honestly, he's somebody that I wouldn't mind hanging on to, having him in a flex spot and just kind of holding down a roster space because we made a couple moves. But, again, he's also somebody, if he takes off a little bit, we might try to move him. Hey, Nick, let me, uh, let me follow that up. Fisher says he, he might catch 100 passes this year. Uh, right now, wh- how many receptions do you think Austin ends the 2016 season with? Uh, I would say because they're going to be a run-first offense, I don't put them at 100. I'd probably put them between 70 80 maybe. Which is still a really good – I mean, oh, yeah. to, to get a guy who's going to catch – receptions ever had, so – yeah, exactly. Uh, and, and if you're getting a guy who's going to catch 75 passes at the 402 in a rookie draft, <laughs> just just fantastic value. Uh, and and Matt, uh, you guys in this league, you've been quite the traders. Uh, you completed three fairly significant deals uh, shortly after the 2015 season ended. In one of them, which I wanted to talk about, you get Gronkowski, uh, Rob Gronkowski, not one of his brothers. Uh, Rob Gronkowski in exchange for the 311, the 312, a first and a third next year, plus Eifert and Brandon Marshall. Talk a little bit about what you guys were thinking with that trade and getting Gronk. Well, we definitely think it was an overpay, but we were okay with that. It's a tight end premium league, so Gronkowski carries more of a positional advantage than usual. Uh, He's one of the types of players that we thought could get you a win single-handedly a lot of weeks, and there's not a lot of guys that can do that. There's a lot of wide receiver ones out there that are all pretty close in value, but we felt like Gronkowski was the only one of his kind. And we liked the guys that we gave up. We liked Eifert. We liked Marshall. We feel like the 2017 first is going to be a late first. We were picking from the 12th spot this year, so Still an overpay. We feel like Eifert's probably going to have touchdown regression. He's got the injury concerns already again this year. Hugh Jackson's gone. And Brandon Marshall, we felt like he was a stud, but he might only have two years left in his career. So we felt like we had the resources to kind of trade a couple of $20 bills for a $100 bill in that situation. Well, and the other thing to keep in mind, I think that's important in this trade, is you look at the two players that, that you give up. At the, at the point that you made this trade, 
Tyler Eifert was, you know, rehabbing an injury, but we didn't know that he was in danger of missing like weeks one or two, which we know that now. Uh, Brandon Marshall, we know that, you know, he is getting up there in years. Um, but now he's, as of right now, he is catching balls from Geno Smith. Whatever ball now he is because Ryan Fitzpatrick is technically not a Jet. And like you said, the first round pick could be a, a late first round and you're getting, you know, a future Hall of Fame tight end uh, in the deal. So, you know, whether you want to say it's an overpay or not, I, I think that it, once you break it down a little bit, it, it seems more even um, underneath the surface, at least in my opinion. Dave, what do you think? I actually think it was kind of a fair – I mean, you're giving up a bunch of stuff that – And you didn't you just trade for Gronkowski in a league? Yeah, and I was, I'm, I'm fine with it. I yeah. gave up Jeffrey and some other crap, whatever. You know, you just you give up a bunch of stuff, nothing that's too amazing. Eifert's obviously good. Marshall's getting kind of old. So I think you're fine. You know, Gronk's probably got – who knows how many years he has left. I mean, right. with Gonzalez lasting so long, who knows? So all the cool kids I guess are, it's a great trade. All the cool kids are trading for Gronk. <laughs> I think that, that, <laughs> it was that's also, uh, It was a nice thing because we also just acquired Larry Fitzgerald in one of those trades that happened just before that one, too. So we had Marshall and Fitz on the team. So it made Marshall a little bit more expendable. Yeah, exactly. Now that you're only going to die with Fitz, you won't die with Marshall. You know, like, you know, like I've, I've had on a couple of teams where it's like, oh, well, not, that sucks. Like, now, he's like, <laughs> now he's worth, like, nothing at all. So maybe you keep Fitz until, he, until his last season, whatever that is. I mean, or maybe you trade him. I don't know. So I, I don't mind. By the way, let me ask you this question. Do you guys mind holding a player until his expiration date, or do you really want to get rid of him before then, even if it's for reduced value? I mean, for I'm me, you go ahead over. I take the production. I don't really worry about the expiring assets, personally. Yeah. Same. I'll hold on Same. to them until they retire. Again, give me the people that give me stats and points. I'm looking to win current year. I'll worry about next year next year. Because the value you're going to get back at this point anyway is already going to be lower than what you'd want to take anyway. So I'll just cut yeah, it off. Sorry, total agreement though. Yeah, I am too. I, I'm 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 always willing to be the bag holder on <laughs> on uh, on uh, players that are that eventually age out of the league. G- give give me them because, like I said, you're you're right. Every single year you hang on to them until the one year you're wrong. You know what I mean? Happened with Heinz Ward. Everybody wrote him off, and then he had like three All Pro seasons after that. So, so speak, speaking of super old players that are about to be out of the league, let's talk about Carson Wentz. Good one. Um, <laughs> He was your four-one-two pick in this league. Uh, we're going to ask Nick. This will be a question for you. Uh, do you think he starts right away for Philly? And uh, what do you think he does overall to the fantasy value of guys like Ryan Matthews, Jordan Ryan Matthews, Jordan Matthews with two T's, and Zach Ertz? So Wentz, we were first off, he was another guy we were pretty pumped to get that late in the uh, fourth round, and we took him because of our situation. So we already have Bortles. We have an elderly quarterback in Romo backing him up. So he's got a couple of years left. So we felt comfortable taking that rookie quarterback. I don't think he starts right away. I think he is going to sit on the bench um, at least a couple of games into the season. I think if Sam Bradford was going to be a you know serviceable starting quarterback, he would have done so by now, and they wouldn't have given up as much as they did to get up to that two spot to take Wentz. So I say week six, seven, eight ish, you're going to see Wentz starting to get some playing time, taking over the roster. Um. When it comes to the other guys, what's he going to do? Uh, it's it's tough because he has the big arm. He's going to have a lot of time to progress in learning how to get, you know, better accuracy in some of those mid-range throws, deep throws. He has the arm, but making the completions and stuff. 
With that, I think actually Peterson coming in as head coach, that's going to have the biggest impact on guys like Ryan Matthews and Ertz. Uh, you saw what he did as offensive coordinator in the Chiefs last year. Granted, Reed was involved over there, but Kelsey had a great season. You could see the same attributes in Ertz and the way that they're going to be able to use him. Switching over to a more power run scheme, getting away from that shotgun area. Matthews is somebody that can catch the ball out of the backfield. He can run pretty well. You know, he's similar to guys you know that they were using in KC, getting them the ball in both ways. So I think Peterson's going to have the bigger impact on Matthews and Ertz. Jordan Matthews, um, Wentz could be a good fit for him. I mean, he's 6'3", he runs a good 40, he's a possession receiver, good hands, fights for the ball. I don't know. He's going to be in that range where Wentz isn't the most accurate. So I don't know if he's going to be, you know, they get Wentz going and all of a sudden he takes off or if he's just going to fall flat. All right, a couple follow-up questions on that. Uh, <clears throat> first of all, Carson, you know, you have Wentz, Bortles, and Romo. At the end of the season, you only can keep 16 players. Who are you cutting? You cutting Romo? Depends on what Wentz is doing at that point. I mean, we had Teddy Bridgewater coming out of this year, and we let him go and held on to Romo. All right, and so you mentioned Doug Peterson also. He's 48 years old, and his hair is super gray already. <laughs> what, should he have dyed his hair, do you think, or what? Uh, I'll leave fashion choices to people with more fashion than I have. <laughs> you know, I, I think he should have dyed it. Well, well, you know, Peterson um, was, you know, he's a big Brett Favre uh, buddy, and those guys would go on these hunting trips together. I think it was just trying to, like, not get shot by Favre or tr- or trying to, to keep up with Favre behind the bar. You know what I mean? Like, that'll give you gray hair. That, that's hard living, man. Doug Peterson did some hard living in Green Bay. That could be it, man. It could be it. I have no idea. Well, we're going we're <laughs> to... That's distinguished now. Yeah, very distinguished. And we're going to break down more of uh, Doug Peterson's uh, uh, issues with uh, Brett Favre coming up right after this. We're going to have much more from Matt Hoover and uh, Nick Rosette uh, here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour right after this. FFPC 2015 500 number 22 Dynasty League champions. Nick Reset and Matt Hoover joining us on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour tonight. I'm Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzak. Matt, you know, looking at this championship team uh, that you guys put together last year, you have a lot of wild cards on this squad currently. Uh, guys that have high ceilings, that have done some great things in the NFL, uh, but have some significant questions with them. Arian Foster. Currently not with a team, but was one of the best running backs when he was healthy. Josh Gordon had one of the best receiver seasons uh, in the league, but he has the questions with uh, when he is going to get reinstated by the NFL. Marshawn Lynch, is he retired? Is he not retired? Who knows? You got him on your roster, too. These guys all stand out to me. Tell us a little bit about the strategy of rostering these types of high-ceiling guys with the significant questions. Well, we're in a position where we don't really need to count on these guys to produce right now. So I'm all for taking these guys, but we were kind of crushed by the Josh Gordon news because that's where we made the Gronk trade. We kind of had a void at wide receiver with Marshall leaving, but we're still optimistic he'll come back. I mean, we took him in the 13th round of the startup last year, and, you know, a month ago he was going with the second round of startups. So we still think he can have some value. Um, Arian Foster, even though he was coming back from a groin injury last year, he was still 20 points per game when he was playing. If he gets on a team like the Patriots or the Dolphins, we already have a Jai, so he could be a good handcuff there. But we're not really expecting production from these guys. Anything we get out of them is going to be a bonus. Marshawn Lynch, 
as far as I know, still hasn't filed any retirement paperwork. He, you know, could go to Oakland. Latavius Murray's not really that great, I don't think. So anything we get on him is bonus at this point. It's kind of interesting, Dave, when, when you talk about the way that the FFPC rookie free agent draft is set up. I've always, you know, talked about in these private dynasty leagues we're in about like just trading away my third and fourth round rookie picks every year because it's like, what's the point, you know? Um, and those are deeper rosters, you know, right. uh, than the FFPC. Right. And uh, there's fewer free agents out there. There's something to be said about maybe stockpiling these fourth, fifth, sixth round rookie picks and then just firing darts with them, seeing what happens, you know, by cut down date. And you'll have much more clarity on these guys. I agree. There's a lot of good. There's a lot of good veterans out there. Always like Garrett Blunt, Steve Smith. Those guys are always out there. You know, Marcus, Marcus Colston last year in that in that one league, or was that two years ago, where where um, our our friend Kurt uh, got him in his in his rookie draft. Um, he was out there with Steve Smith, I think. Can I confess something real quick? Go ahead. <clears throat> it's it's nothing mind blowing. Um, but in, in the big effing league that I'm in, right. you, you have to cut down to 18 players, and you have 22. So I was looking over my roster. I'm like, oh man, I got Gordon. I got you know, and I I didn't really realize that Anquan Bolden was had become a free agent. So I cut Gordon and I kept Bolden. Oh my like, gosh! Like, like, kind of like an idiot. So guys, I'm pretty stupid. But so he got drafted. At least I you know I got a little value in, because he went in the early second round of that draft. So I got a little value in my late second round. But you, but you know what? Bolden is another guy that would be that yeah. that would be like a dart throw. And he might get signed somewhere at some point. And you know what? It doesn't really matter where he goes because you can pretty much guess what his production is going to be. You yeah. know, because you know what type of player he is in his career. Yeah. And he's the type of guy that you can stick in there on bye weeks, and maybe he'll get you like five for fifty, and maybe a touchdown. Maybe, but I still screwed up. Okay. All right, guys. So, uh, Matt, I'm going to ask you this question. You guys are in the middle of the 20, 750 number 25 startup. I just took a look at your team, the Kingpins. You have 12 guys on your roster. Uh, tell me a little bit about what you think of your team so far. You know, I'm looking at it right now. It looks pretty, uh, pretty awesome, actually. Um, t- and tell me about the strategy in uh, building that team. Yeah, we went in trying to accumulate as many first-round picks as we could. We ended up being able to get three because we feel like the startup is the easiest way to get the top talent. Because if you're best case in a rookie draft, picking 1-1, I think this year and last year were kind of aberrations with uh, Gurley and Elliott. But normally, you're not going to have a first-round pick coming out of a rookie draft. So we felt like that was the easiest way to accumulate the most talent the fastest. And we just want to get studs that are going to produce. We didn't want to be taking someone in the first round that has potential to miss or the second round or the third round that could not be producing, like a Devontae Parker, someone who has a really high ceiling but, you know, not the highest floor either. And we put our players in tiers in each position. So if we feel like there's a guy at the bottom of a tier, we might make a move up to try to get one of those guys as far as general valuing, we kind of value running backs more than I think most of the other teams in the league. And we're not really as concerned about age as a lot of other teams. So we try to go against the grain and try to find value in that. And we try to feel the draft out and see where we can take advantage of that kind of stuff. So let me, let me walk through your team quick because, uh, you know, I didn't really 
you know, stupidly didn't mention it to our audience. This is the 750 startup. Yep. So okay. they have this is the, this is their starting lineup. They don't have a kicker or defense yet, so I'll leave that out. But you have Blake Bortles, you have Jamal Charles and Le'Veon Bell, uh, and then you have Antonio Brown, Julio Jones, Michael Crabtree, and then then you know again like at your second flex, either Stephon Diggs or Gio Bernard. They also have Farrell Cooper and uh, Arian Foster, and then at starting tight end, Delaney Walker. I mean, that is solid, baby. Tyler Higbee is their backup tight end, uh, the, the rookie out of the, in Los Angeles. So, I like it. Hey Matt, let me let me follow up that question um, with, with something you said. You tend to um, value running backs maybe a little bit more uh, than than your your dynasty competitors. You tend to not worry about age as much as the guys in your league. It, but, and it seems to me that a lot of people, at least FFPC players, when they're in a startup, they're always constantly wanting to trade down uh, in these leagues and not trade up, whereas you guys are trying to acquire as many first-round picks as possible. To me, it seems like everybody's zigging the same way. You guys seem to be one of the few teams zagging. Did did you feel like when you were trying to acquire these first-round picks – you were paying less of a price than you thought you'd have to pay to get them? Were you getting more offers in? What was it like trying to acquire these first-round picks? Well, we started with uh, one, two. Is our, uh, that was our draft slot, and then we got the one, five. Paid a reasonable price for that. But then the one, twelve, I think we got relatively cheap. I think we traded our third round in the startup and a first and a second in the 2017. And that was a really a spot that we really liked the, the end of the first round, beginning of the second round. We thought there would be good value there. So. It, I mean, it, may, I it makes know. a lot of sense to, to me um, to, to do to, again, when, when everybody's moving one way, chances are the team that goes the other way, maybe might not necessarily be right in what they're doing, but chances are, they're going to get uh, some pretty good value. And I I think that's what you guys are are doing a great job of uh, in this uh, 750 startup. Nick, uh, in your opinion, uh, what's the biggest mistake that even high stakes, and I know you guys only been playing high stakes with the FFPC now for two years, but what's the biggest mistake that, that even high stakes dynasty players continue to make with their teams? Uh, I see it all the time in the draft. It's this overvalue of youth. Everyone wants to load up their team, and it's exactly what you were just saying. People are always trying to move back down because they think they can get all the younger players later in the draft. And everyone thinks that maybe there's this one in a thousand chance that every young player I draft is going to be some superstar, and that's, I'm going to have this great team. <laughs> <laughs> and you think I'm going to have this great team for 20 years, and you know I don't have to worry about a thing. But you know, for us, and the, I think the reason we saw so much success last year, I mean. First off, when we went 12-1, and one, that one loss, we did go against Breeze when he threw that seven touchdowns that one game. That was the one week we lost last year. Mm. So we should have been undefeated. But um, people go for these youth. But meanwhile, we want the guys that are going to produce now. We want to win now because the football season is going to look a lot different next season. There's going to be trades. There's going to be people landing in new spots. There's people that, are, that you never heard of. There's people that completely busted that you thought were going to be a breakout. So we try to get as much talent that's good today that's in that 25- to 28-year-old range, 29 sometimes, where we're going to have four or five years. And God knows what the, uh, the league is going to look like in four or five years. So it's this overvalue of youth that people always do. I think that's one of the biggest mistakes I see every single high-stakes draft. Very good. And um, let's talk about Blake Bortles. 
he had a great season last year, and a lot of people attribute that to how bad their defense is and how often they have to pass. They had a lot of defensive talent in the draft. They had Chris Ivory. Are you concerned that Bortles is going to regress in 2016? As far as being, I think he was QB3 or QB4 this year, I think he will regress. Three or four. I mean, no, I'm just saying it's, it's sick that he was like that high. I mean, he just, oh, yeah, just no, like, yeah. people talking about Bortles, whatever, you know, I'm still not that excited about him, but that was amazing. Go ahead. No, I like Rogers is going to bounce back. Luck is going to bounce back. So he might not, he couldn't, you know, that could bump him down to QB five or QB six next year. But if you compare his numbers to Andrew Luck's breakout year, he Luck through 40 touchdowns. Bortles threw 35, 16 interceptions for Luck, 18 for Bortles. The rushing stats were pretty similar. And outside of Luck's 40 touchdown year, his next best was 23 touchdowns. And that was only Bortles' second year last year. And I think what he did is a lot of garbage time. But Allen Robinson is going, you know, top five, six dynasty asset. And people aren't worried about his regression. People still think he's going to be on the upward projection. Chris Ivory is, I think he's going to help. He'll be good for third and short. He'll extend drives. The defense is going to get the other team's offense off the field quicker and keep the opposing team's defense on the field longer and make them more tired. I I think he's going to have another good year, but as far as being QB three or four, yeah, I think he might go down to five or six, but he's still only 24 years old, so... I was happy with where we got him in the startup this year and the startup last year. You know, the other thing that that's great for, for Bortles from a dynasty perspective, you know, they have Julius Thomas locked up. Alan Robinson's not going anywhere. And then the news came across the wire today, Alan Hearns, four year, $40 million extension. So he's, he's going to have both the Allens plus Julius Thomas and what should be a pretty strong running game too. I, for dynasty purposes, even if Bortles regresses, I'm not going to regress that much. He's still going to be a very good option for the next few years, pending health. And he runs too. He's got good legs, <laughs> good legs, good legs. Which I, which I also. He's appreciate. also, you know, okay. So I'm going to ask Nick. I'm going to ask you a hypothetical here. And I, by the way, yeah. I think that the Alan Hearns point is, you know, if I owned Alan Hearns right now, I'd be like ecstatic. I mean, you know, I thought he was like, oh, pretty good. All of a sudden, four years, forty million. It's like. Dude, that's insane. They they love this guy. Doesn't it all always sorry to interrupt, but doesn't it always seem like Jacksonville literally has hundreds of millions of dollars in yeah, cap they, space every single yeah. year? There's and no, they no they continue income tax. They continue to like buy all these players and they still like and you read the article like, Oh, the, the team that has the most cap space this year, Jacksonville, they're gonna have to spend to get up to that salary floor. I'm like, How is that possible? They're handing out these hundred million dollar contracts to defensive linemen and Alan Hearns and Julius Thomas, like every single year, and, and Chris Ivory, and yet they still it's it's like an endless sea of money for that con guy who owns them. I, mean, I just I don't understand that. It just have you seen crazy. his mustache, Balky? Maybe that's what it is. It's He's just, a brilliant man. He just he just he he he, he does the, the whole villain mustache <laughs> thing that the listeners can't see, but you know he like that. <laughs> and every time he twists it, another twenty million falls out of it. I don't know. Maybe <laughs> do that's possible. Do you guys agree with that? Yeah. Oh yeah, definitely. The mustache power is a real thing. There's something people All right, so, he, so here's a question for Nick. A hypothetical trade hypothetical trade question. Uh, if you own Andrew Luck, would you trade him for uh, Blake Bortles in a 2017 first from any random team? I would have to be. I would have to know what that 2017 one is. That's not a trade I'm making at the beginning of the season. All right, so let's say let's say it's a 
Okay, this is what's weird about FFPC, too, which a lot of people don't know, know very well. Let's say it's a middling team. So a middling team in the FFPC, if it's the seventh best team, that team could get the number one pick because it's actually really yeah. a good team that didn't quite make the playoffs. Okay, so let's or it could win the league. Let's let's frame the discussion like this. Uh, you can. It's after the season. You own luck. You have the opportunity to get uh, Bortles, or you have the opportunity to get Bortles and the 106 for luck. Does that make sense, Dave? Sure. Okay. So Bortles and the 106 or Andrew Luck. What would you rather have, Nick? Uh, me personally, I think Hoover will disagree with me. I would take Bortles and the uh, 106. All right. Yeah, and Matt, do you traded you... luck away last year? We had luck on our 22 team, and we traded him away having Bortles last year. Yeah. That's because Luck's got that facial hair. I don't like to even look at Luck when he's playing. It's <laughs> it looks like fake facial hair. It looks like he's trying way too hard. His mustache doesn't come in good. Bortles, when he grows it out, it's good. You got to go with the yeah, beer exactly. I mean, Luck. I don't know how Luck even gets. He's a, he's like a you know like an all pro type quarterback, or at least that's what he's always been. I don't even know how he gets a date with that face. It's just unbelievable. Also has a flip phone. Did you know Does he really? Yeah. If I, if I was to say to you, Dave, there's one player in the NFL that still has a flip phone. I would say Alfred Morris. No, you would not. You would <laughs> I say would do. He's going to get the Mazda. No. He's got right. the car for it. That's yeah, true. Exactly. And G- doesn't Giovanni Bernard still drive a van, like his mother-in-law's van or something? I think he does. <laughs> he lives by the river, too. Let's get to, uh, to some emails here before, uh, before we run out of time. Eddie in Menasha, Wisconsin, Dave, right down the road from us. Eddie. Yeah, I don't know. Well, that's not his last name. I don't know. Uh, I'll pitch this one to, uh, to Matt. Uh, who do you guys think is the right running back to own for the Giants? Uh, so, Matt, fire away with, uh, with who you think is, is the right running back to own for fantasy this year for the New York Giants. And, Nick, you can go ahead and follow up with that when Matt's done. Uh, as a Giants fan, I can't really say for this year. I think Rashad Jennings came on really strong last year. But for the future, it's definitely Paul Perkins. He was taken in the fifth round. He was predicted to go a lot higher than that. Uh, he can do everything. I've heard comparisons to his shiftiness or Sean McCoy, um, still going to be there in a third down role, but I think Perkins has the highest upside for sure. Okay, I'm going to respectfully disagree with the Paul Perkins. I think they're running. Which you back, have been on this show. I for... think the running back of the future is whoever they draft next year in the first or second <laughs> round. <laughs> Whatever. I'm serious. No. Well, you don't even I'll know. Bet, they... I'll bet you five bucks on a two-year There's, five on a pass that I they will draft their future running back next year. That that there, first of all, there's no way to prove that. <laughs> like, how do you say, like, this is the running back of the future? Multi-year bet. Yeah, but, I mean, like, how do you... If they take Leonard Fournette... I, there's no guys. way I'm going to be able Nick to keep Chuck. track of something like that. Uh, whatever. Dalvin Cook. Yeah, Nick, do, Nick, do you agree with, with Matt uh, in the Perkins uh, regard? If I was going to take any Giants running back, I'd take the young one. But, to be honest, there's a lot of teams out there with a lot of two-back systems. I would just take somebody else. I'd stay the heck away from the Giants' backfield. If you had to take a Giant because you're a Giant fan and playing the draft, you want one, go Perkins. So if I if I had to take any Giants, if it was any Giants running back on their current team, right, to and or any of their first three round picks next year, whoever they, no matter what, I would take any of those first three round picks as their starter for 2017. Well, yeah, I mean post. Paul Perkins was a fifth round pick. So That's my point. Well, you're framing. You it. have all suck and Paul Perkins. What happens if they pick? don't take a running back in the first three rounds next they year? They will, Balky, I'm oh. telling you. All right, now we are making a multi-year. Let's go. Get okay. it on the board, dude. Okay, so day, day, the Giants draft a running back day one or day two next year. I say no, and I got five on it. I say yes. And how much do you have on it? Five. I got five. It's always five. I don't want your fuzzy math working into this when we Sorry, try guys. to settle these Guys, you have some, we're going to stop talking. Go ahead if any, you have any 
you know, you can rip on me now. Well, no, it's, it's fine. We, we got the Paul Perkins uh, question out of the way. I do have another email here that I want to read, and I gave Matt first crack at the last one. I'll give Nick first crack at this one. This is from Sean in Abilene, Texas. They write, uh, he writes, hey, Nick and Matt, is there a New England receiver not named Edelman that is worth drafting this season? Good luck in 2016. Thanks for the email, Sean in Abilene, Texas. So, Nick, uh, throw Julian Edelman out of it. Are, are you uh, taking any Patriots receivers uh, at, at any spot in the draft besides Edelman? Does Rob Gronkowski count? Uh, he does not. Receiver, I would go Mitchell. Give me the rookie. Uh, Brady does a good job of you know making somebody that doesn't have a lot of success in the past bring it up. Um, Amendola is worth a look. Me, personally, if I was going to draft, I'd probably take Mitchell before I took Amendola. And I'll take Bolden. <laughs> Matt, where do you fall? Where do you fall in on this uh, Patriots receiver discussion? I think Chris Hogan would be a good option. That's I do a great, like great answer. Though, but uh, he's always getting banged up. Chris Hogan. I mean, he went. I, I tried to get him in all these dynasty drafts, Balky. Because Mark Moyer, when he over, Moyer, that's a, yeah, he overdrafted. <laughs> he took him in the early second round of this rookie draft. I'm like, what are you doing? That's insane. <laughs> And so then, like, I was trying to sneak him, you know, sneak him up in, like, the third. And everyone always was taking him right in front of me. I was so mad. Wasn't it? Wasn't it? Uh, who do we have on the show two weeks ago? Uh, Dave, Eight leagues, Balky. Yeah. I didn't get him in any. Yeah, Dave, Dave Booten and John. It was, no, it was John Gustafson. Yeah. Snake, because he was in that league yeah, where Moyer whole, overdrafted yeah. him. And then he ended up snaking him on you. Ah, yeah. Just, you know, quote, unquote, overdrafted him. It might be a great pick. You might have 85 catches when Edelman doesn't even get back. That's true. Oh, who knows? Uh, do we have one more question for these guys? Yes, okay, sorry. Done with the emails, guys. This is the most important question of all because it's the first one about redraft, apparently. Not the first one about redraft. Oh, whatever. All right, give us a guy that you uh, – so is this – okay, Matt's going to go first. Give us the guy that you really are starting to like right now for 2016 and a guy that you um, really don't want that's being drafted pretty high. Matt, you can start, then Nick will go, uh, go next. I think uh, Brandon Marshall is still getting taken way too low. If you compare him to Jordy Nelson, they're pretty much identical, and they're, you know, 10, 20 picks apart. A uh, guy that I don't like, and it might just be because I'm a Giants fan, but I don't like Jordan Matthews at all. I think Michael Crabtree and him put up, like, almost identical numbers last year. Matthews is in a new system. Crabtree's got a better quarterback. So I would stay away from Matthews. So where he's getting taken. Too high. We write this down. This is how we actually we're logging. This This. is how we learn. Yeah. This is listen. Listen, guys. You know, you guys are all gonna pound all this this hardcore fantasy research if 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 you're doing any redrafts. You know, in August or whatever. Dave and I literally just go back on the show notes and we look to see (laughs) who the guests like, and that's. That's, that's, our, our, that's, that's our ADP. That's board. our board. It's insane because you know we don't have hundreds of players uh, listed. I mean, we we're literally drafting from like maybe two dozen guys. Whatever. Three dozen guys. Now you're lying. Kickers, I'm just throwing darts. It's it's <laughs> just insane. Take Same. Well, I will be this year for sure. Go Knowles. Uh Nick, what what about you? A guy that you like and a guy you dislike this year. Guy I like, Stephon Diggs. Uh, has nothing to do with me being a Vikings fan, but Diggs came on strong for a short stretch last year. Uh, they started just doubling up on him because the Vikings had nobody else to throw to, and it completely stuffed, stuffed him for the remainder of the season. With Treadwell coming in, it improved the O-line in Minnesota where Bridgewater's going to have a little bit more time to actually drop back and throw the ball without getting hit every two seconds. I think Diggs is going to be a 
solid steal. I mean, we got him late in our draft. I think he's going to be a top top 15 receiver this year. Wow. That's, Bold that's, that's, wow. that's big. Bold flame right there. I'm calling it. Top 15. Yeah, I like that. Monday. Damn it, I shouldn't have traded him. I hate, and I hate with a passion, and me and Hoover argued about him in multiple drafts. Randall Cobb. <laughs> hate not Cobb. I, he had one 1,000-yard se- season in five years, and other than that, he's been okay. He goes in the first three rounds, first two rounds of Dynasty League drafts because he's young. Uh, Nelson was out all last year. You can make the case that Cobb should have been the number one and should have blew up last year without anybody competing with him on the outside. He did nothing. He had a ton of drops. I don't understand the obsession with Randall Cobb. You know who else hates Randall Cobb? I hate Randall Cobb. He cost me the oh, Kentucky Fantasy right. Football yeah, Championship yeah. last there year. There we go. He sucks. Okay. I'm never he's, drafting him. Hey, Nick, uh, let, let me ask you this. Uh, if, I had, if I asked you right now who finishes higher uh, on the – on the wide receiver points list for 2016, you're going to put Diggs above Cobb, right? I put five dollars on it. Ah, yeah, there you go. All right, I like it. I like it quite a bit. Okay, so to recap, we're going to have the Fed looking at us. Yeah, really well. Uh, so to recap, Matt likes Brandon Marshall. Nick likes Stephon Diggs. Matt is staying away from uh, Jordan Matthews, and Nick staying away from Randall Cobb. We will not stay away from their advice. This was great stuff having you guys on tonight. I want to uh, thank you guys for uh, making some time in your schedules to uh, share some fantasy football knowledge with us, uh, some dynasty analysis. That was uh, great stuff as well. Congrats on the 500, number 22. Good luck defending that uh, title this year. And uh, good luck in the 750 Maiden. I know, uh, Matt, you have another team with the FFPC. Best of luck uh, in that as well. Thanks uh, so much for coming on the show, guys, and uh, enjoy your weekend. Hey, same to you. Thanks for having us anytime. Awesome stuff, guys. Thank you so much. That was Matt Hoover. That was Nick Reset. Great interview. The 500 number 22 uh, champs from last year in the FFPC. A lot of good stuff there. And, uh, wow, the Diggs love is real. Yeah. We'll have to see if uh, what, what that does to FFPC ADP, <laughs> having, having the mouthpiece yeah. show pimp him up tonight. For sure, man. We're going to pivot some way, more. We should, uh, before the break, yeah. we, should, we should actually schedule these interviews to go longer. Why? Because they always go longer than like, the numbers on the, on the sheets. Well, that's because we run out of time at the end. So I'm, okay. well, I guess yeah, I could just manipulate that. Well, we could just always just run or, 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 what we could do <laughs> is just have a brand new segment that maybe we debut next week. We should, actually. That's a good idea. Let's talk about that after the break. Yeah, okay. That sounds good. Well, are we going to announce it this week? I don't know. Who cares? Let's, I don't want to announce it this week. Let's, <laughs> let's give the listeners a reason to tune in uh, next week. Okay. That, there won't be. That is uh, going to do it for this segment. But we have much, much more. Uh, fantasy feedback is coming up right after this on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. Eric Balkman and Dave Gerzak coming at you right after this. Got a question for Eric, Dave, or tonight's guest? Send them a tweet at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Email the show at HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com. Post it in the chat room during the broadcast. Hashtag your tweet with HSFF or just smack Eric in the head. That's HighStakesFantasyFootball at gmail.com or at HSFF Hour on Twitter. Kick things off with uh, Tony in Crossville, Illinois, here on the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour. I'm Eric Balkman. He's Dave Gerzak. The email reads, Dear Hodor and Hodor, are you guys at all... What the hell? That's what he writes. Or should it be, Dear Hodor and (laughs) Hodor, 
Are you guys and hold door? Are, are you guys that don't say that? I mean, there's people that DVR that show. Are you guys at all thinking <laughs> uh, about Bruce Bruce Ellington this season in San Francisco? Chip Kelly has been talking him up, and he's been running in the slot like Jordan Matthews did in Philly. I did a few FFPC sats where he wasn't even drafted. Hodor! That's Tony in Crossville, Illinois. Tony, I'm guessing, watches Game of Thrones. Yes. Which apparently... I'm just rereading the... You, uh, you're a glutton for punishment on that show. You just <laughs> It's just torture for you to watch that show if you don't even like it. I, I like the show. I just didn't think the Hodor episode was all that that you made it out to be. The top... Yeah. Would you have it in the top whatever? It's easily the top five episode in top the series. Top five! Easily. Because My wife and I had ended, it's and not, we were both like, well, that sucked. It was all these dumb storylines that we hated. Oh, and the major storyline that apparently one guy is affecting the past and the future, like, just on a whim, like, able to do this. Look, Balky, according to Elon Musk, we're already living in a simulation. Well, uh, you know, maybe if more people knew that, then this episode <laughs> would fall on deaf ears. It's, it no, awesome. it's, it's no bloodline. Anyway, God. <laughs> Bruce Ellington, are you liking him this year in San Francisco? I mean, if I'm in a 28-round DE, sure. I'm That's exactly what I was thinking. Right. I, like, I, a 20-round draft, if I am thin at receiver for some reason, I think that he's a good um, player that you can get super late, like 20th round late, that maybe he ends up ca- catching 70 passes and, and, you know, four or five touchdowns. Let's, let's, look at their, let's talk about their depth chart quick at, at receiver. It's not good. So Ellington, actually, if I remember correctly, you know, because I've kind of like forgotten about him. Yeah. He, I thought he the third year in the league out of South Carolina. I thought he was a pretty speedy dude. He was like what five eleven, one ninety. He was like he, a smaller guy. Yeah, he's a small guy, but he, but he, he was, was really athletic. Yeah, he was very strong. And I, I could be wrong. Did he play on South Carolina's basketball team for a year or two? Oh yeah, that's right. He was the point guard. I yeah. thought. And he was like a pretty awesome. Uh, yes. Okay. So here we go. According to just, I always I, I I just Google it and it says I'm not drunk. Stash Bruce Ellington in Dynasty. It's a Rotoviz article. Who wrote it, by the way? Uh, let me click on. You know, Rotoviz is quite a good site. Yeah, they're they're fantastic. John Moore, you know, one of their. Uh, okay, so John Moore wrote that. You know who else just wrote a big pro Bruce Ellington piece? Who? The college football metrics R.C. Fisher. Did he really? Former, well, current friend of the show, former guest of the show. He wrote a very positive wow. Bruce Ellington you know piece what? as well. Sure, I'm on. I'll, yeah. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read these articles, and I'm, by the time I'm done, I might be interested. You talk about their depth chart. No Anquan Bolden. They still have Torrey Smith there. And you know the other guy that's and starting? Torrey Smith is a historical suck. Right. And you know who else is starting on the outside for San Francisco? Who? i give you a hint. He was my last third-round rookie pick in my last year in the dynasty Melter? kings league no oh. uh quentin Patton. oh god that's so it's so Patton, tory smith and ellington and then deandre smelter i mean who knows yeah, people are what you're gonna get because he's you know big dude but he's gonna have a massive opportunity there right. i mean yeah. the, i think if you can correctly project who's catching passes in san francisco this year you're gonna have a leg up on everybody else yes I, you know, that's interesting. You know, Ellington is I'm gonna I'm gonna read up more on him, I'll come back yeah. next week. But I, I check out the RC Fisher article. I'll read the article. I, I can't I'll remember. read the RC, I'll read this road of his article. You know, I gotta stop this lobbying stuff because it gets me out of out of the game a little bit here. Uh Dustin in McDonough, Georgia. Which hey. by the way, let me just say this. Yeah. Alex is in Albany, New York. Oh yeah, right? yeah, the prognosticator. He met with um you know with Pretlow, mm-hmm. who has his own bill. He met with the staff of uh Bonacek. And uh, the two guys that have the that fantasy have to, sports bills in New York. The bills. They only have nine days left in the session, and the casino industry is against it. Which, for season long, if the bill gets killed, it's not that bad because you know Schneiderman didn't have any anything against season long fantasy sports. Right. There's actually an exemption for season long in the Bonacek bill, so we'll see what happens. I mean, but you know, he had productive meetings with our lobbyist Steve Rubaker and our lobbyist uh, Bob Bishop in New York. 
With this, these guys, I mean, it's amazing how good these guys are. I mean, really. So Bonichick really has the, the, the small business. He has a season-long exemption. A season-long exemption. Okay. So that was always in there, right? He always had that. Yeah, there's another senator, uh, I believe, who was instrumental in, in adding that. And, and what, the, what, when did he add it? I mean, are I mean we, it was, no, it was in the bill. I don't, I don't know. I don't know exactly. But. I, I'm just curious if, if there was any impact from the outside that they would put a season-long exemption in there. I think that there was. I mean, I think that there was a Senate. You know, we met with some senators, and then we. Oh, okay. So, so, so the I, S- SBFSTA met with some people, and I, then the, the season-long exemption. I absolutely do think we've had an impact. We'll, I mean, we'll see what happens. So, you know, I feel optimistic, but you know, things. Ha- you know, as you saw with the Missouri bill, things change at the very end. So, hopefully, that doesn't happen here. SBFSTA.org. Check it out. Good stuff. Become a member today. Hey, Balky, or just give us some money. <laughs> That would be good, too. Lobbying is expensive. Hey, Balky and St. Dizzle, one of the most interesting June storylines for me is following what's going on in the Seattle backfield. Can y'all play a Yaman or nine with those guys for me? That's Dustin in McDonough, Georgia. Thank you for the email, Dustin. Rob is already being Johnny on the spot, wheeling out the Yaman or nine machine. And I think the way that we should do this is you can ask me, and I will give you – I'll hit the button. And then you can tell me if you agree or disagree. We're gonna need more names than that on that list. Those are the ones I know. Okay. How about Marshawn? <laughs> how about Marshawn Lynch? Add him to the he's list. He's on the team. Well, <laughs> I don't know about that. All hey, right. Matt Hoover said no retirement papers been filed, and then All put right. Zach Brooks on there too. He was their seventh rounder. Oh, Jesus. All right. Are you gonna go? Yeah, I'll, I'll give them to you wherever you want. Okay. Just go down the I'm way. Gonna, I'm, you know, I'm gonna go alphabetical. Why not? Oh, great. Okay. Go ahead. Cripes. Yeah, cripes. Did someone say cripes? Oh, cripes. <laughs> You're going to go alphabetical on me. Oh, word? no, I didn't even think I'd have to know my alphabet tonight. <laughs> Only in Wisconsin you hear the word cripes. Um, right. Zach Brooks. <laughs> nine, 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 nine. Do you know the Zach Brooks story? He was a running back at Clemson. He decided that he wasn't even going to pursue the NFL. He was going to go into interior design. He was just going to quit football. <laughs> And really? I guess that lasted for a few weeks, and then he said, okay, I'm going to do the combine. I'm going to you know, do the pro day, and then he got taken in the seventh round of Seattle. Uh, interesting prospect. I'm kind of rooting for him now, actually. Interesting prospect. He's got some talent, but there's just too many guys ahead of him on the depth chart. I'm not paying attention to him for redraft. I would agree with you. I'll take, I'll take a niner on that one. All right. All right, uh, next in the alphabetical order, Marshawn Lynch. Nine, 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 nine. He could pay off, but I feel like it's just chasing fool's goal at, at this point. Even in a 28-round draft, I don't think I'd take him. Because even if, let's say he comes back, it may not be with Seattle. He may just be some sort of complimentary guy, and he may suck. I mean, that's the other thing to bring. I just, I, there's, give me the young athletic guy. Those are the guys I want to chase late, not Marshawn Lynch. You know, I would think he wouldn't, I think if he decided to come back, I think that Seattle might be done with him, actually, because they're kind of, it just seems like they might be moving on. They, they drafted three running backs this yeah, year. I, I, I mean, like, she, oh, they, we forgot, you know what? I forgot Alex Collins, by the way. Oh, my and boy. So did you. So then we've already skipped him in the alphabetical thing, so we're uh, moving back. Well, I'm going to also oh, go yeah. nine on Lynch. Alex Collins. Nine, 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 nine. Some people like him. It's my boy. I liked it before the draft. Again. For dynasty purposes, if you're in a deep league, like deeper than the FFPC, I think he's a fine guy to, to add. Um, but, uh, you know, Rawls is still ahead of him on the depth chart, and we're going to get to – well, we'll get to the other two guys. I think you know which way I'm leaning on them. Yeah, I, I'm not a big Alex Collins fan. I, just, I thought he was uh, – I didn't think his athleticism was good enough. He's got the uh, 
He's got the size. He's got the size that you're mm-hmm. looking for for a starting uh, yep. running back in the NFL. I just didn't. Uh, I don't know. So I'm not that excited about him. So moving on, Chris Teen. I'm going to change his name because he sucks so far. Christine Michael. Yeah, man. The robotic Rastafarian making his debut on the segment. I like Michael just because he's running with the ones right now because Rawls is hurt. And as long as you're running with the ones at, at any point in the offseason, you have to pay attention to him. And the fact that you can get him so cheap, I'll take Michael. I, this, he could this, get this, cut. This is weird that I agree with you again. Yeah. I, yeah. You know, I agree because he's cheap. Very bizarre. All right. Next, CJ. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm totally on pro size. I think that this guy could be the man for the job. I think that he could overtake Rawls. He's the best pass catcher they have in the backfield. A former wide receiver, a guy they drafted in the third round, a guy I was high on before the NFL draft. I think he could be a, a very good fit on that Seattle offense. So give me some pro size. I got to get that as a production. <laughs> Try to find it. Anyway. I'm very concerned about his ability to pass block as a rookie. Um, but I, I think he has a very high floor because he's going to be, the, you know, they've already said he's the third down back. So you're looking at 50 plus catches. So I, I, yeah, I like him a lot. I, I, if I, if Russell Wilson's my quarterback and I'm already putting a pretty bad offensive line in front of him, I'm not worried about a running back who can pass block. Russell Wilson's just going to run around everybody. That's actually kind of true. All right. All right. So here, this is it. Yep. Do you want drum roll? No, nah, not really. Thomas, I get drafted really early rolls. Nine, 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 nine. No, thanks, man. Just to, the price has got to come down. Still yeah. recovering from the ankle thing. Not a pedigreed guy. I mean, just I feel like there, a parrot. There, there's just there's so much to not like about him that it's very difficult for me to get on board with drafting him as my number one or two running back, which is pretty much what you have to do. Yeah, I, I agree with you. Coming off the in, coming off the injury and not a pedigreed back, it's real tough. Even though they're you know they're towing the company line about him, but. Seattle has always proven to be a team, as is evidenced by Thomas Rawls, that right. will play who they think is the best player. They don't really care. Mm-hmm. Which, I mean, that's actually kind of a case for Alex Collins, you know, or even Zach Brooks, I guess. But I, just, I think that they're just going to play whoever they think is best for the team at that point in time. They don't care. They started Russell Wilson over that free agent piece of crap quarterback. You know, it, it doesn't matter. Whoever they think is best, they're starting. That's uh, the Pete Carroll way. Steve in Beach Lake, Pennsylvania. Quick. Give me Jordy Nelson's final stat line for 2016. Go, TIA. That's 34 Steve. for 600. And... Are you being serious? Because <laughs> no. like, there's people out there that, would, that think that that is accurate. Um, I don't know. Am I, am I answering first? Let's just break it down. Uh, we'll go back and forth. Uh, receptions, yardage, touchdowns. Um, you know, I'm actually going to go 80, 1,212 touchdowns. Okay. What I had, my, I'm not as bullish as you. I had 75, 11, 50, and 8. That's what I had in my mind. I think 8's a t- I think because of, when you have Rodgers throwing to you and he's the only, like, tall guy who actually can catch passes in the red zone. Jared Wood can't catch. Jeff Janis? He's. Richard Rodgers? A little over it. Rodgers, he had one 30-point game. Otherwise, he was just average. But he caught touchdowns. I, th- I think that. I think it's Jordy. I think he will catch touchdowns. Okay. All right. I mean, they're fluky. I mean, he could. Either, I mean, if he caught 14 touchdowns this year, it's not like I would be like, oh, my God. That's amazing. Yeah, I wouldn't be. I mean, he, he's got an in him. Uh, so, again, I don't think I'm going to end up with Jordy Nelson on a whole lot of my teams this year, given that you have to select him in the second round. Um, but uh, I think that uh, he, he definitely has the potential to uh, have a big-time year coming off the injury, even coming off the injury. Jimmy in Roswell, New Mexico. Is it just me? Roswell. Roswell. What's going on in Roswell? Isn't that a famous? Oh, that's the Area area 51, 51, yeah. 
Is it just me or is Gary Barnage shaping up to be one of the biggest busts for 2016? He already had a career year last season, and now Cleveland drafts 27 receivers to come in and compete for targets. Plus, five. Barnage has a new quarterback to develop. I think they drafted seven, by the way. Plus, Barnage has a no. new. Look it up. Plus, Barnage <laughs> has a new quarterback to develop chemistry with, and he's coming off of hernia surgery. Full disclosure, my league mates and I listen to your show every week, and I am trying to acquire him in that dynasty league. Please help drive his price down for me. Winky face. That's Jimmy in Roswell, New Mexico. Thank you for the well-thought-out email, Jimmy. Barnage. I have no problem driving his price down because I am not on this guy this year, Dave. Yeah, you know, I again, like, not a pedigree guy who broke right. out for one season. Plus, they late. drafted broke that, out very late. They drafted that Seth DeValve guy in the third round. He went to Princeton. And these guys, these metrics guys, they all went to Harvard. Right, yeah. So they don't like the Princeton people. Right. But they like to draft them. Well, the thing is, like, how, how awesome is DeValve going to be when guys who hate him – are like we, you know what? I hate this guy, but GD it, I respect him. <laughs> so I'm getting him on our roster. Hey, hey, Seth, Seth, and did you schedule a practice? Oh yeah, I did. Could you come in here? We need to work on this algorithm a little bit about yeah. our next year's draft. He's smart enough to do that. Yeah. He went to Princeton. He's uh, he's the new wide receiver slash tight end slash assistant GM. I think is his <laughs> official title on on the team. So if he, if he busts as a tight end, they're just going to throw him right in the scouting department. Right, exactly. We uh, we are of one mind on Gary Barnage here. I uh, Google well, sucks by the way. I will I'm not have. These- you need to use Huli. Um, <laughs> I we uh, we will not have Barnage on many of our teams. Again, his his price isn't as high as you'd think, but he's still like seventh, eighth tight end off the board in FFPC drafts, and it's just I'll, I'll wait at that point and and take two or three you know middling guys and and hope for the best. I just I'm not willing to risk too much on the shoulders of Gary Barnes this year. But Oh, DeValve actually, uh, he was in the fourth round. My, did did my you guy. look up how many receivers they drafted? I'm getting there. I got to scroll through all this crap. What, oh, what? Richard, I forgot Higgins. Yep. Higgins. From Higgins Colorado was, state. Yeah. Higgins. You like actually, I don't, you know, I'm, didn't I'm, you draft him in one of your dynasty? I did league? not draft him. Oh, I, I, draft, I drafted Ricardo Lewis actually. Okay. Um, they drafted four receivers. That's not accurate. You, you and Wait. I both know they drafted more than that. I don't see any more than, all right, for God's sake. I can't, I can't believe right, I have Corey to... Coleman, Higgins, Ricardo Lewis, and Jordan Payton. I think they drafted one more, I thought, too. Hey, this is Fox 8 in Cleveland, Balky. What do you want me to do? I can't, uh, I can't get it. I'm going to the source, Wikipedia. Here we go. Uh, okay, I think I have it here. You know, by the way, there's people, like, screaming at us right now, like, it was seven, you sons of guns. We, we got it right in front of us. Okay, 2016 draft class, Cleveland Browns, one. Two, three, four. Four receivers. You're welcome. You said five. <laughs> yeah, but in prices right, I'd be closer. Actually, we were both over. If I had said one receiver, I would have won in prices right. You know, maybe DeValve was a receiver when, when he got drafted, and now he's listed as a tight end. So that would have been nope. five receivers. He wasn't. Well, no, you were, I'm defending you. You originally <laughs> said five receivers. So I don't know where I got seven. Maybe they signed two guys in the um, – they got lots of receivers. You're right. Final email tonight, Lee in Knoxville, Tennessee. Hey guys, is there any truth that Chris Johnson might actually beat out David Johnson for the starting job with the Cardinals? Or is this a case of some journalist trying to get his name out there during a slower time of the off season? Well, Dave, you know, as a Juilliard trained journalist myself, I would, does Juilliard even have a journalism school? No, that was the joke. (laughs) I would never, I would never throw a fellow journalist under the bus. But I will say this. But Donald Trump would. But I will say this. 
anybody who's saying Chris Johnson is going to beat out David Johnson, well, I should rephrase. Anybody who believes that Chris Johnson is the running back to own in Arizona this year over David Johnson is not somebody I want to take fantasy football at Wacko, huh? You know, maybe Chris Johnson starts. I mean, I, Bruce Arians is crazy enough to, like, name Johnson the starter but then have David Johnson be the, you know, the guy touching the ball 25 times a game, which I could totally see. The fact that this is a beat writer just kind of speculating – I put almost no stock into this whatsoever. Yeah, I, I, you know, I I hear what you're saying. I might have to disagree a little bit though. It's just because it's not about who starts and who doesn't. It's about what does the split end up looking right. like. Yep. Right. Yep. Totally Chris agree. Johnson, another great pass a uh, pass blocking running back. Right. And Johnson, you know, Chris and David are both good at, at block. You know, pass blocking. I know mm-hmm. that's important. And David Johnson's a fantastic receiver, but Chris Johnson is pretty good himself, and he's still pretty fast even being old. Yeah. I think he might get 35. You know, David, the thing is, there's not, yeah, a, okay, let me just finish. All right. There's not a huge margin for error on David Johnson because he's being drafted That's so correct. high. And I, th- I think that is where you and I are agreeing here. Um, he is going amongst Le'Veon Bell, Adrian Peterson, Todd Gurley. Hurt, old, sucky offense. Okay, well, I, I mean. I'm you, just saying, like, you, most of the things we want to say. I mean, I, I, I could make a pretty strong case for drafting all three of those guys over David Johnson. Yes. Peterson's going to be the man in Minnesota. True. If Le'Veon Bell is healthy. Supposedly catching more passes this year. Yeah, supposedly. He is going to be the man in Pittsburgh. So 35. Todd Gurley is not only the man in St. Louis, he's the only man in St. Louis. And he's also the man in Los Angeles. Or, yeah. I mean, he's, he's not the now man Now he's even Louis. really the man because Should, Los re- Angeles is so much better than, I mean, St. Louis, I mean, you have the arch. Los Angeles, you have, like, everything. Yeah, you do. Um, I guess what my thinking is, is if you are going to draft a running back in the first round, which, as we saw last year, could prove quite risky, <laughs> you are uh, you are, you are increasing the riskiness by drafting David Johnson in the first round. Even if there's nothing to this story, I think there is something to the fact that Chris Johnson – could end up being more of a factor in this backfield that most people are giving him credit for right now. Yeah. And I think you would agree with that. I think there's some, there's some risk in David Johnson. I've actually seen him getting moved in dynasty leagues here and there. And, that, and usually when you have a guy like Gurley is not getting moved anywhere. Right. Like, but David Johnson's getting moved here and there. Yeah. And that, that's, it shows that there's, he's kind of, he's, he's, he's of all the running backs in the first round, he's probably the most polarizing. Yeah, I, I agree. And for redraft, for redraft. And his draft position too. It's like, he wasn't, it, he's not a pedigreed like first round back. Right. But he wasn't like a fifth round like Zach Stacy back. So. He's a third rounder, right? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, okay, fair enough. He's also, you know, in the summertime, if you need someone to clean your house or you know clean out the campus, he's really good at that. One hell of a plumber, hamster. <laughs> uh, that is going to do it for our show. My uh, special thanks to our guests tonight, Matt Hoover and Nick Grisette, the 2015 FFPC 500 Dynasty League number 22 champs. I want to thank the FFPC, Rob Bryce. And, of course, you for hanging out with us on a Thursday night. This is awesome of you guys. Um, we are going to be back next Friday at 10, 9 Central, regular day, regular time. But, Dave, you will not be here. Is that correct? Yes, I will be in um, – there's a trade show in New York, the Fantasy Sports Trade Association right. yep. trade show. And um, I'll be in Yellowstone, actually, with my family. So Okay. So you'll be in Yellowstone next week. Alex will be at the trade show. I'm right. going to be seeing Old Faithful. My wife booked these reservations a year ago. So right. Hey, you know, I told, what are you going to do? I'm like, hey, we got a trade show in, in New York. She's like, we have reservations at Old Faithful. You know how long it took to book yeah, I got to tell you, Kathy does not sound like that at all. 
Um, okay. So, and that's, me and like, so the following Friday, you are off as well. So you're off for the next two weeks, right? Yeah, I think I've gone like the 8th to the 18th or something okay, like that. That's what I thought. So I already have two awesome co-hosts lined up. I'm not going to spoil the surprise of who's co-hosting on June 17th. But I will tell you, next Friday, June 10th, Rotoviz's own Matt Friedman comes back to the show. He's actually going to be co-hosting wow, nice. on, uh, on the 10th. That's uh, a week from today. Uh, he will be uh, co-hosting next week. So Finally, some good analysis. Well, well, we'll see. I mean, I don't know. He's not as funny as me. I'm the last one. Clearly. <laughs> Uh, that's, yeah, that's no question on it. So send your questions in uh, for Matt Friedman. Uh, Going to be a great show. Uh, tune in for that one. Get your Football Guys Players Championship entry squared away for the early bird. Uh, take advantage of that Football Guys promotion by June 30th. And uh, enjoy the FPC kickoff on Sunday. World's largest mid-stakes event. Your early start to the weekend starts now. This has been another episode of the High Stakes Fantasy Football Hour presented by MyFFPC.com that was broadcast live and heard around the world. Eric and Dave will be back next week with more analysis, interviews, and advice from a guest much smarter than they are. Thanks for listening. We'll talk with you again next week. to have a cavalcade of topics to talk about after the show i'll just let you what do you want to talk about uh nothing all right perfect see you later bye